I've been sharing about the whole idea of who we are in Christ, what it really means to be a child of God. Uh, I, uh, I'm going through this list in, in Who I Am in Christ. The book I wrote several years ago is kind of one of my sentimental favorites because I, there's nothing more important to me than to help people understand that, what it really means to be a child of God. And why do we need to know that? Well, for one reason, no person can consistently behave in a way that's inconsistent with what they believe about themselves. So if I think I'm just a loser or I'm lame or I'm trying to live up to somebody else's expectation, I never ever really truly get there. No matter how hard you try, somebody's going to come along with hostile rejection and criticism and put me down and, and there I'll go trying to pick myself up by my own bootstraps and it, and it just doesn't really work. And, and secondly, I can tell you from experience, the last thing the devil wants you to know is who you are in Christ. Because the person who knows what it means to be a child of God, to be seated with Christ in the heavenlies, is the most secure person around. Because you're in touch and your soul is in union with the God of the universe. I mean, Satan can't touch me. I'm a child of God, 1 John 5 says, but Satan can't touch me. And so that is just critically important. But it, it affects how you live. It affects, if you know who you are, you're just living off the salvation that God gives to you. I like what John Stott said about that. He said, in practice, we should constantly be reminding ourselves of who we are. We need to talk to ourselves, ask ourselves questions. Uh, don't you know? Don't you know that you have been united to Christ in his death and resurrection? Don't you know that you have been enslaved to God and have committed yourself to his obedience? Don't you know these things? Don't you know who you are? We must go on pressing ourselves with such questions until we reply, yes, I do know who I am. I'm a new person in Christ. I'm a child of God. And by the grace of God, I'm going to live accordingly. Welcome everyone to another episode of Friday PM. Praise the Lord. I love this part of the, of the program. <laughs> well, great that you can join us. And uh, wherever you're joining us from, you're so, so very welcome. If you're new here, God bless you. And welcome to the Friday PM series. And for our friends and family and all over the world watching that have come to know this program, thank you for your encouragement. And you are very welcome indeed. Well, before we carry on about uh, the topic for today, um, we have flash news from... Sister Rachel. So you have heard that our podcasts are now available and you can listen to them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, also on Amazon and on our website. So you can go to our website, uh, click on the slider that says um, podcasts and you'll be taken to our recent podcasts. It'd be great if you could subscribe and it's great now you can listen wherever you are. Great. And where do they click there? Yeah, well, first you're going to click the little like button. And then if you haven't already, share the video with one of your friends, somebody who needs encouragement today. And then also uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel and make sure you click the little uh, bell button uh, for notifications that you'll get notified every time Vine Song posts a new video. Great. And flash news from Charlene's got some flash news. You wanted to remind people about the worship, right? Yeah, I, I just think there's so many people out there that are discouraged, lonely. Uh, really, we had a call the other day. A lady said, please pray. I'm, I'm really depressed. And I 
I know that I know and we all believe that worship is an incredible tool to bind the enemy and to stop him from speaking lies into our lives. And worship is a great way of, of releasing depression. So when you go on YouTube and you click on Worship Night, Bind Song Worship Night. There's a playlist, yep. There's a playlist that comes on. And we did a few worship nights throughout the year. And it could be maybe something that you could forward on to a friend who's been struggling with depression or even you yourself. I know I'm blessed when I just start worshiping. So just want to encourage you if you're looking for uh, about an hour worth of worship, you can just worship along. There are words down there. Praying it will be a blessing to you and whoever you send it on to. Great. Thank you, Charlene. Well, on to today's topic, and we are confident that you've been really blessed with that short video from Neil Anderson. And he's been around for decades, hasn't he, Charlene? You remember him even from a child, right? Yeah, I grew up with that book you were reading. I grew up with it being in, in our study. Mm. So, uh, and here it is all these years later and you're reading it. So it's, yeah. He's been around. He's, he's someone one can trust. Yeah, you know, very yeah. seasoned. So yeah. uh, we're going to put some details of his ministry up there. He's got great material on YouTube. So do yourself a favor. If something that, we've, that we are discussing today really strikes a chord with you, why don't you go and uh, watch some of his videos and, and you can subscribe to his channel as well. Um, you'll be mightily, mightily blessed. Well, the main thing that Neil talked about, and I would say kind of the, 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 the zenith of his ministry, is this phrase that says, no one can consistently behave contrary to who they believe they are. And he mentioned that in the video as well. So we're going to talk about identity today. And uh, that what he shared is so important. And Christoph and I were talking in the week um, about this very topic. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if Chris, Christoph quite enjoyed our discussion, but he was very gracious and gave me a couple of smiles. But um, I just kind of sampled this thing, and what I'm going to do now is something that he did in his video. So I'm going to—I'll ask Christoph. Christoph, who are you? Who are you? I'm Christoph. All right, that's your name. Now, who are you? Christoph Mansner. Okay, so that's your family name. Who are you? I'm a guy. All right. So that's your gender. So who are you? Well, um, I'm Polish. All right. So that's where you're from. That's your kind of, that's your nationality. So who are you? I'm a missionary. All right. So that's your profession. That's what you do. So who are you? And I have no idea. Please tell me who are you. You did well, man. You did very well. Well done. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> you, you didn't pass that test, but anyway, well done. Come again. <laughs> I thought no, I knew who I was. Please tell me. Tell me. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I know who I am. Right. Like what? the man at the airport counter. What? We went to the, the flight attendant, and she, he wanted to do an upgrade on his flight. And oh, she, oh, tell, tell the joke. It's a good joke. This, this man wouldn't. Uh, he, he came to the flight, or the flight counter, or the whatever, the, the counter, the check-in check desk for the, for the flight. And he said, uh, he said, you know, I, I demand that my flight be upgraded and, and so on and so forth. And, and uh, he was getting really upset with this lady. And this yeah. lady wasn't, she said, listen, so you have to pay, you know, you've got to. He said, listen, do you know who I am? Yeah. Do you know who I am? Yeah. 
And she, she said, oh, one second, sir, and she took the intercom and she said, please, can we have a security agent to the check-in desk? We have a man here who doesn't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, I hope you remember that. That was, that was an advert. Was it? For coffee in South Africa. Was it? Oh, uh, yeah. oh I, I thought it was just a joke you guys yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a great joke anyway. <laughs> But anyway, Christoph, so sorry for that for that grilling, but we're gonna we're gonna just talk about that subject today, mm. and uh, maybe to start off, Zach, you you you've had a very a good insight. You mentioned something about uh, we mentioned one part about work, right? I think was that the connection there. When we were talking beforehand, we were just talking about um, you know when somebody comes up to you and they say you know what you're talking in a conversation at the store or wherever, and they say well, what do you do? So I'm a banker, or I'm a lawyer, or a plumber, or an electrician, mm -hmm. or whatever. And, um, and it's funny that we identify ourselves in a normal conversation based on the, the service we do or the work that we do mm. to earn money, to earn a living. And we were just talking about how, how interesting it is that, you know, that when somebody introduces themselves or they introduce somebody else, they say, this is, we have a speaker here and they say, this is so-and-so and this is what he does. He's a doctor or he's a, um, an accountant or something like that. And that's, that's the, the basis of a lot of uh, people's identity is mm. what they do professionally. But we're looking today, I think, at something a little bit deeper. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, great to start, start us off with that. Um, so basically, not to let what you do determine that, that that's not really who you are. Mm. So help us along there. Uh, Shani, do you want to share that, that scripture that you... Yes, I've really been feasting on Romans 7 for quite a few weeks now because... All my life, I was very challenged with my identity. I, I felt very left out. I didn't feel like I fit in anywhere. And I see that a lot among young people. Um, even people my age, we, we don't know what our purpose is. And the biggest lie the enemy is telling us these days is, is who you are. And you identify with the world more than what you identify with with Christ and who, what he did. And it's changed my whole perspective. It's given me a little bit more of a boldness in prayer, in, in just being around people, always felt terribly insecure around people. And this in Romans 7 is amazing. I'll, if you don't mind, just read from mm -hmm. verse 1 to 4. It blew my mind. Um, Do you not know, brethren, and Paul is talking to the Jews now, for I am speaking to men who are acquainted with the law, that legal claims have a power over a person only for as long as he is alive. For instance, a married woman is bound by law to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is loosed and discharged from the law concerning her husband. Accordingly, she will be held as an adulteress if she unites herself to another man while her husband lives. But if her husband dies, the marriage no longer is binding on her. She's free. And if she unites herself to another man, she is not an adulteress. Likewise, my brethren, you have undergone death as to the law through the crucified body of Christ so that now you may belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. It's amazing. 
uh, I, I've been loosed from my fears, my insecurities, everything that the enemy tries to liken me unto this world. Jesus came to totally abolish that by his death. Through dying, he released me from that husband that kept on reminding me that I'm worth nothing, that I'm, uh, I'm uh, all these things that made me feel so insecure, so anxious, so despondent. When I'm in a crowd, I feel I don't belong. I'm not worth anything. But Jesus came to show me that he is my husband. He doesn't condemn me. He, does, he loves me. I'm worth so much more to him. He's got a purpose for my life. He has a plan for me. No longer am I held back anymore. I am a child of the Most High God. I have a place in his family. The kingdom of God is mine. I have the keys to hell and to heaven. And whatever I bind on earth is bound in the heavenlies. Whatever I bind in heaven and whatever is bound in heaven yeah. is bound on earth. Everything belongs to me. I now have inherited the kingdom. That's who I am. Mm. And it's, it's mind-blowing. You can see I'm very excited about it because it's become a revelation, mm. you know. Wonderful. Yes. Well, it's, it's, that, it's that, that citizenship that, that we talked about. Yeah, and it, I think what's important, and I just want to draw on this point, is that often the identity that we draw for ourselves is like a fig leaf because it's just like a little covering. Because if I say I'm a lawyer, then that means that people think a certain thing about me, but it doesn't really tell people who I am doesn't tell people about my character necessarily. And we use all of these different labels. And it's like the enemy wants to, us to use these counterfeit labels as a fig leaf, because we're actually born and created to be children of God. He gave us our purpose. The breath that we have is the breath of God. And we can dispute that all we like, but it doesn't make it not true. And so often we cling to other identities, which are so temporal mm. because they have, they have no meaning or any weight when it comes to eternity. And I was listening to um, a guy, Francis Chan, the other day, and he had a piece of rope, a very long piece of rope. And the little tiny bit at the end was, the, was a red part of rope. He said, that's our life. And said, many times we're making decisions that are based around this tiny part here and we have no care about the rest of this and the, what was really long, just depicting eternity. And so we make these very temporal decisions here to please us for this little bit, but what about the end? And when I make decisions that are gonna affect my eternity, people are laughing at me and thinking, what are you doing? He said, well, you need to be concerned about this part, not this. Mm. That's, mm. That's, that's just this little bit here, but you've got all the rest of this to be concerned about. And so it's very important what our identity is, who we are and knowing whose we are because mm. whose we are determines who we are. And mm. where we are going. Yeah. yeah. We are going to be with him yeah. for eternity. It's yeah. so amazing. Yeah. It's well, it, it changes our behavior. You know, if you look at the royal family, for example, they, the royals behave like royals. Well, most of them anyway. But they... <laughs> Yeah. We won't go to that subject, but they, they behave like royalty. They know who they are. You, they are representative of the monarchy, of royalty. They represent royalty. So in other words, they don't, they don't dress sloppishly. They don't talk just any old how. They don't just eat and, and throw food around. They can't even yeah. go to a meeting on their own. 
they have to get permission to go to lunch with somebody. Yeah, you're yeah. not going to see them in Costa Coffee down the road. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're not, they're not just going to be hanging out with their friends in where you can yeah. access them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they have people going with them, security, etc. But we have the same. How much more so have we got all that and so much more where we've got the backup of heaven. We've got angels around us. God the Father is looking up and saying, my son, my daughter is going here. I'm going to quickly move all the demons out of the way, quickly clear the way, quickly send people to help him or her, quickly give them favor, quickly empty out that place, quickly add that place, quickly move that blockage out of the way, that blockage out of the way. That's how much God cares for us. Mm. Um, so that whole concept, but this whole thing, I mean, everything we do, we found out as we talked about, stems from identity, our actions, whatever we do from literally from the moment we wake up to the to when we close our eyes at night, everything we do, we do because we believe we are something or we're not something. Yeah. And I think the, the great temptation that we have is is to is to kind of live in the, the old the old way. It's the easy way. You you roll out of bed and if you don't put fresh clothes on, you're still in the clothes from yesterday. And um, like Rachel was saying about the fig leaf, you know, in the in the Garden of Eden, we started off when God created man. He created us as as image bearers. We cre he created us in His image, and then when Adam and Eve sinned, they covered themselves with the fig leaf, and that led to Babylon. And when God dispersed people at Babylon, He changed their languages. People moved all different parts of the world, and so you have cultural identities and racial identities and ethnic identities and you know uh, linguistic identities and all these different mm -hmm. identities that are the easy thing for people to come into. Even denominational identities. Mm -hmm. Even you know. organizations that people, you know, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist, like you said, mm -hmm. or, um, you know, I'm a, or, or I'm a, a, a Mason. How about those types of the secular organizations that mm -hmm. people identify, they put their, their the, the foundation of who they are. And that immediately puts you in, in a corner. I belong to this type of person or it immediately brings division. Yeah. It's really a, a way of bringing the, I mean, look at Rwanda when we went there, when we learned about the system, you are Hutu and you are a Tutsi. And it's not the Africans that did that, it's, it's the, the, the West, I won't say which country, but um, it was extremely informative. Uh, I was really interested when you were talking about um, uh, all these one or two people around the world that identify as... Yeah. A it's, cat or a what? what yeah, a cat and a dog. It's crazy because now, like with this identity distortion, basically in the world, uh, people try try to find their identity in so many wrong places. As we know, we are uh, children of the living God. That's our identity. But uh, first of all, I like how, uh, for example, in America we have, uh, or England on this on this matter, we have so many dif different rate. Uh, ethnic groups, uh, different races, and I like how the patriots, they, uh, they say, uh, I, can, I can be black, I can be brown, Latino, Hispanic, I can be European, or coming from all different places. If I'm born in America, I'm an American, or if I'm born in the UK, I'm, I'm English, or British. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be divided by the colors, the, 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 where my forefathers came from. I'm here. This is my identity. I'm, I'm proud to be that person. Um, or we are proud to be the citizens of heaven. And 
there's this uh, famous vlogger in, in England. You can look it up. I don't want to you know, promote him or anything. <laughs> he says he was very hooked up on this Korean uh, uh, K-pop group, I think, and this singer. And he wanted to so much look like him. And now he uh, got himself this eye operation, eye surgery to thinner his eyes a little bit. And now he says, I identify, identify as, as Korean, as transracial. And he posted this tweet that being transgender and transracial is the same thing because you're born in the wrong body. So, so mm. many examples of people f struggling to find their identity and looking in so many wrong places. Such deception from the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, for, for me, when I, when I look at the Bible, people, oh, the Bible is, is a lot of nonsense. You know, we can't read anything from there, but it sets a basis from which we can live, which actually orders our lives and can order our thoughts. Because when we have an, an identity, we don't have to try and find our identity because God already told us who we are. So we don't have to try and make up an identity and then form a world around it because then you have to try and support all of that. God says very plainly, it says that we're made in his image. Everybody, doesn't matter what anybody thinks of them, we are all made in the image of God. One thing I think that's also important that God said he, made, he created male and female. Doesn't talk about any, just says I created male and female. And why I believe that's there is in, in these times when things are very confused, when we go back to what God said, we can believe whatever we want and we can call ourselves whatever we want. But he laid out the truth so that we can either walk along with it or reject it. But the truth is the truth, regardless of what we think about it. And if we believe what God says about our identity, about who he made us to be, it can make life easy. It can make life easier. It might mean that we have to change our thoughts. It might mean that we ha might have to be transformed because our thoughts may have to be transformed. Like that four-year-old boy, we make assumptions about life because of experiences and things that have happened to us. And so we then start to believe a certain narrative. But God's saying, no, that's not true. That is not what I made. That is not who I made. This is what I intended. And I think it's always good that the word is there to really give us um, guidance and to, to help us to live productive lives yes. and not get caught up in, in a trap of living a life that is only temporal. Our identities are only temporal and have nothing eternal because God wants us to be, live and reign with him and not get caught up in these temporal things which actually bring destruction. Mm. And, and Paul talked about um, when he was discussing, you know, physical bodies and he said, mm. you know, physical training is of limited value. It's of, it's of it's value, value. Mm. and it's of limited value and all these things are careers and uh, our social lives and they're, they're all things of value but limited value. And then he says, but godliness holds value for this life and the life to come, for that whole rope that Francis Chan held, mm. for the red part and the blue part. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And it's so wonderful because the Holy Spirit, when Jesus died in order for us to receive this revelation of who we are in Christ and this identity that we have for, uh, um, that we do not belong to this world. It's not our home. We're just sojourners. He, he said to the disciples, you don't understand, but it is good for you that I leave so that the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, can come and lead you into all truth. And in Romans 8, verse 15, he says, 
uh, and, and he helps us to understand this whole mindset. Um, sorry, it's it's um, verse 14, Romans 8, verse 14. Um, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Mm-hmm. And all we need to do if we are trapped in this world system, we can always go back to the Holy Spirit um, who um, in verse 16 says, the Spirit himself testifies together with our own spirit that we are children of God. He's always there to remind us mm. who we are. You're not of this world. Let me come and remind you, you are going to a place where we will be together. Mm. Don't hold on to this world. We were just with a couple uh, not long ago, Sean, in Wales that, that adopted two children. They couldn't have children. And those two children now, when I looked at them, they looked so secure, didn't they? Mm. Because they've been adopted into the family. Mm. And, you know, when the Bible, God says we are adopted, you know, we are now adopted. Yeah, verse and of course, 15. And of course, in those days, you know, I didn't know this. We, we learned this, not, well, not me, maybe you guys knew, but I only really learned this uh, not long ago that because God says we are adopted, it's the highest security that you can have in those days, it was permanent. It was permanent wow. because you actually had more privileges and more security than they than their own children. Seriously. You can never be written out of the inheritance. You can never be uh, uh, pushed out of the house. What? Um, that's why God calls us adopted. Mm. Mm. Wow! Because we His own. You know, we we weren't His until we accepted Him. As soon as you accept the Lord Jesus into your life and you believe it with your whole heart and you confess with your mouth with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, all of a sudden. Boom, you're in the family of God and he's your father and you've got this uh, body of Christ, the family of believers that now you've got a huge family yeah. you've never had. You're now part of all the glories of heaven as you talked about. I mean, we are, we are so blessed. We are so honored. We are so, you know, we've got so much security. Yeah. But Satan wants to do everything just to push our identity, just to, yes. to veer us off. Liken us to the world. To liken us to the world. And he even makes it look kind of godly that you're actually giving your life for something or you believe something that's noteworthy, that's honorable in yes. a way. Nothing can be further for, uh, from the truth. Look, look at Jesus. Rachel, you remarked that Jesus was so secure hmm. in who he is, that he's God's son, that he was willing to spend time with prostitutes, with murderers, with tax collectors, yep. you know, he called Zacchaeus out of the tree. Hey, you know, yeah. I want to dine with you. And everyone looked at him like, what are you talking yeah. to this guy? Yeah. You know, they all frowned yes. upon him. Why? Because he wasn't afraid. He, he could be, the Bible says we must be all things to all men. Yep. He could be all things to everyone because he knew who he was. Yeah, I mean, he, the, the example that I gave when we spoke before, and I'm just yeah. thinking of another example, but he, the, the woman came. He was sitting, he was sitting at the table with all of these top guys, you know, top religious guys. Yeah. This woman Which was planned, probably. Yeah, which was a planned totally dinner. Planned, planned dinner. <laughs> you know, she cries, she weeps, she cries, and that she kneels behind him, cries a that is a prostitute on, on his feet, wipes it with her hair. And then she gets this um, box of or alabaster box and pours it, um, pours it on him and anoints him. Now, if you put that into today, a prostitute comes into an area. There's a minister, and a prostitute comes that everybody knows is a prostitute, and she 
ministers to him in that way. And it's quite sensual if you if you look at it. She wept on his feet and wiped it with her hair. That's kind of a sensual, that's an intimate act. And yet it didn't, it was, Jesus was nonplussed because he knew who he was. Mm. He wasn't, he had done nothing to be ashamed of. He didn't need to be ashamed. He didn't need to treat the woman in any way to make her feel dirty or ashamed that she shouldn't have. In fact, he esteemed her. She said, this woman will be talked about. This in woman will be nation. remembered for what she has done because he was so secure in who, who he was. And even when I think about when he was at the well with the woman at the well, mm. again, another woman who was a, a, an adulteress, um, you know, somebody who'd been shunned by society. And yet he was there speaking to her, a woman, even in that culture, a man speaking to a woman. She was a woman that wasn't even a Jew. And yet he embraced her and he was able to speak to her and ministered life to her, her identity was no longer adulterer, mm. adulteress by the time that he finished with her. She mm. said, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. She had received this grace and this salvation that her title and her label didn't matter yeah. anymore. You know, Rachel, and I was, I was just came to me, you know, identity also gives us authority. Mm. Because if you have, if you know who you are, you carry yourself in that authority. Yeah. And that's why when demon-possessed men came to Jesus, he knew who he was and he could minister into that situation because he had authority. And uh, I must say, I've been, and we as a team, we've been very blessed, of course, to have uh, Pastor John Watson as an example. And I remember, especially as a kind of a young Christian, going to John and walking around in places and he would just carry himself with such authority and, and not arrogance or, or thinking he's better than anyone else. On the contrary, he was ready to help any person. But um, I had a fine example. And I, some of you might think, well, how do I learn more about this? Well, I mean, I hope that the Lord can help a little bit you further along today. But um, why don't you do some favor and, and look at Neil Anderson's material, learn more about it, read more about it. I think some of it is observed. Some of it can be learned. And then also it can be by divine revelation. And as Charlene said, she had a revelation. Just pray and say, Lord, I want to know more clearly who mm. I am. Mm. Show me my That's identity. What I did, and I think, yeah. I think I the did. Lord, I said, Show me. if you ask, Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Yeah. Mm. Um, so praise the Lord. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but it's true. It's that, that belonging and knowing who we belong to because that determines our behavior. It determines how we act, it determines what we start to think, it determines what we read that will shape our thinking and, and, and all of that because, like you said, that authority, knowing who we are gives us authority yeah. and we can say no to certain things. It gives us authority to say no, it gives us authority to reject as well as accept yeah. and that is very, very important. I think all shapes and, and forms and, and colours of uh, of the rainbow, all people of this earth, we come from different places, but ultimately we all people. We are one human race and we can come together from different groups, different backgrounds, and we can come together, uh, work together, you know. So yeah, if we, of, yeah, but uh, one, one can only do that if you know who you are in yes, Christ. Yes, that's the only. Because if you know, thing. then your then your your culture or your language, or all these things that, that people are so holding on to, they're willing to die for their nation or for their language or for something of some of some earthly value, some culture or some 
some food type or some ident or some sexual identity. They're willing to give their lives for it. Yeah. It becomes that important. But if you know who you are in Christ, your identity is stro- so strong that you can go and, and reach the lost for Jesus because you know you know who you are. Mm-hmm. You you're in love, trying to help others mm-hmm. to find their identity Amen. in Christ as well. Because we come from Him. And to him we will return if we accept him. Amen. Um, Amen. So to end our time together, I'm going to ask Zach to read a couple of scriptures. And this has been compiled by Neil Anderson himself. And I pray that as you listen, that God will do something special for you to help you to understand more who you are in Christ. So I'm going to ask Zach to read it. So why don't you just close your eyes right now and, and just receive these words over your life. Don't just think, oh, well, it's just scripture. Just receive these words and believe them because this is what God says over you. John 1 verse 12. I am a child of God. John 15 verse 15. As a disciple, I am a friend of Jesus Christ. Romans 5 verse 1. I have been justified and declared righteous. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17, I am united with the Lord and one with Him in spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, I have been bought with a price and I belong to God. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, I am a member of the body of Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 1, I am a saint. Ephesians 1 verses 3 through 8, I have been chosen by God and adopted as his child. Ephesians 2 verse 18, I have access to God through the Holy Spirit. Colossians 1 verse 13 to 14, I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. Colossians 2 verses 9 to 10, I am complete in Christ. Romans 8 verses 1 to 2, I am free from condemnation. Romans 8 verse 28, I am assured that God works all things together for my good. Romans 8 verses 31 to 34, I am free from any condemnation brought against me and I cannot be separated from the love of God. 2 Corinthians 1 verses 21 to 22, I have been established, anointed and sealed by the Lord. Colossians 3 verse 1 to 4, I am hidden with Christ in God. Philippians 1 verse 6, I am confident that God will complete the good work that he began in me. Philippians 3 verse 20, I am a citizen of heaven. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, I have not been given a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hebrews 4 verse 16, I can find grace and mercy in my time of need. 1 John 5 verse 18, I am born of God and the evil one cannot touch me. Matthew 5 verse 13 to 14, I am salt and light on the earth. John 15 verses 1 and 5, I am a branch of Jesus Christ, the true vine, 
and a channel of his life. John 15 verse 16, I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. Acts 1 verse 8, I am a personal witness of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16, I am God's temple. 2 Corinthians 5 verses 17 to 21, I am a minister of reconciliation for God. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 1, I am God's co-worker. Ephesians 2 verse 6, I am seated with Jesus Christ in the heavenly realm. Ephesians 2 verse 10, I am God's workmanship. Ephesians 3 verse 12, I may approach God with freedom and with confidence. And Philippians 4 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. I'm sure you were truly, truly blessed by those words over your life. Receive them, meditate on them. I actually downloaded what Zach just read onto my phone. And sometimes before I start driving, I just read them out loud and speak it over your life. It's important that you hear yourself say these things. Don't just listen. Why don't you repeat them? And I know God will use that to speak life over your body and over those around you as we all receive more revelation and identity, that our identity would be stronger in Jesus and in Christ and in the family of God than ever, ever before. So thanks again for watching. God richly bless you and hopefully see you again next week on Friday p.m. It's the place to be. God bless you from all of us. Bye-bye.